0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: It is the Anfield Wrap in association with RedsBet. RedsBet work with a company called FansBet to uh, support fan-related causes and fan-related media. Uh, we're. Pre- Proud and pleased to partner with Redbet in 2019. And um, we'll continue to do so whenever you sign up. Do select which cause you would like uh, any of your losses, uh, their profits to go to. And of course, if this is not for you, this is not for you. Uh, do gamble responsibly at all times. Uh, I've got Mel Reddy. I've got Rob Gutman. I've got Ian Salmon and I've got John Gibbons to talk about what exactly, John. Uh, have you heard the Junior Furpo news? Have you heard the Junior Furpo call? Don't talk to me about Junior Furpo.
2: Me and Rob go way back with a J Dog, don't we? Just, yeah, yeah. Uh, we he did. was only Furpo to us a week ago,
3: wasn't
4: he? <laughs> <laughs> He's now got a first name, Junior. Yeah, yeah. yeah. First name, Junior. Second name, Furpo.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we've got all the details. <laughs> um, yeah, I gonna, know a bit
4: about We did, God we did, a, we did a bit last week we did did on, it. on I'm, I'm I'm gonna gonna I'm s- tour player. I'm going to do some more, Mel.
0: We're <laughs> <laughs> hey. ready yeah. said pointedly this- my- my, Have you guys lured me here on the false pretences? My favourite thing is actually the gutter show. I
1: didn't think we had any pretences. Yeah, be with yeah. You. We've been very open, Mel. That there is not an agenda, uh, <laughs> and that we are just going as we see fit. But what I do want to say is, I love, I love, I love, and this is the limit of my furpo knowledge. The fact that he plays as a as a left back, a centre half, or a left winger. Yeah, useful on champ, man. Uh, honestly, that's that's the first thing it made me think of. It's suddenly, <laughs> I've got the whole left
4: side. All, that, left yeah, yeah. Uh, all left wing causes. Yeah, all left wing causes all the way down there very
1: progressive um, there is no way Melbourne and Liverpool are spending 45 million quid on a left back
0: you see this is where <laughs> this no, all right, all right, I'll this, say it I'll, this I'm of the view it becomes a gutter show um, no, no 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 so Liverpool's plan is to have somebody that can deputise for Andy Robertson and the idea was that it would be a young player that could then develop and not have the whole hang up that I'm not getting many minutes, or because you expect Robertson to play the majority of the season. Mm. Obviously, with more games, there will be opportunities, but there is, it's all the development process.
4: But it's not a reserve goal. This is where I struggle with this, Mel. Mm. It's not a reserve goalie position, right? So, A, you want to rest Robert, you probably want him to play. Even if he stays fully fit, no more than about 85 percent of a long season. So there's quite a lot of games where you want this other lad to play, and there's yeah. the risk of the, yeah, So he can't be crap,
0: yeah, or
4: raw, or no, raw obviously even. Obviously,
0: or raw. Liverpool are not.
4: No raw is the word. Um, Should we say
0: crap players? But um, <laughs> that the number you've just given there, like eighty odd percent, you want Robertson to play. You then have to bring in a player hmm. who's fine with only playing that 20-odd percent. I know. And often is the case, those are younger players. Now, Lloyd Kelly, which is the left-back Liverpool wanted to come in, they lost out to Bournemouth for £13 million. Why do they lose out to Bournemouth? Because he wants to play more regularly than that 20%. And he's, you know, he's still a young lad, but he thinks it would be better for him to... You know, feature more regularly than to watch somebody else so, and, and develop in terms of training and. and
1: in, 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 come back to you in a second, Rob. In real terms, Ian Salmon, these are the first world problems of being the European champions, having got 97 points, is that it makes it remarkably tricky. To, for instance, say, we've got a hole here, we can do this. Um, you're, suddenly, you're linked with the junior junior fairpos furpo, of this world. Easy for me to say. You're linked with the junior pose of this world and you find yourself in this sort of situation where, to get a fairpo, uh, you've got to be prepared to, 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 to stump up 45 million uh, for a lad who would not be playing many games at left-back because, guess what, our left-back could be the best left-back in the world.
3: Yeah, you're looking at a lad who's got to be prepared to play double figures maximum, literally just get into double figures. That, that's all he's going to do. If you're playing 20% of games, you're scraping into double figures. Got Arsenal away, first round of the League Cup, got beat. Yeah, and then and then all of a sudden you're out of it. You do the same thing with the FA Cup, you're out of it and you're, you're waiting on injuries. Um, Andy Robbo probably is the best world, best left-back in world football. And this could be, our full-backs could be the hardest positions to buy a second player for because they're the ones where we've not rotated a great deal. And if we have rotated, we've rotated Trent and Joe Gomez and that that's the extent of the rotation. Um, Andy Robbo's dropped out once, twice, and James Milner sat in the place. Did we have a position where Moreno played once last season? League Cup. Yeah. And once again, he couldn't even make the bench. So we're not worried about that. What It is one where we're looking. We've got to be looking at somebody who is... A reasonable alternative who is willing to be nothing more than back up. And if you're fair power, you're not going to move anywhere, knowing that you're a £45 million player all of a sudden, and go, well, do you know what? Ten games a season. Knowing that you start every week at United. Yeah, because he's replacing Luke Shaw at that point. <laughs> Poor Luke Shaw. Um, yeah, it's...
2: It is, it's, it's a tough one and it's, you know, you're you, you all wanting to Liverpool to do business and you're looking at saying, you know, we, we need, we do need a little bit and you want us to strengthen, but it is the sell, isn't it? And it's, it's how you do it. And if it, I think it's almost easier if it's a front free player, cause it's like, well, we're going to rotate and there's free s- slots there. And even if you can't move around, then the other lads can. And so you're in a situation where, you know, you might have someone who, who, you know, who can say, well well, I want to come in and I want to play left of a three and that's all I really want to do. I mean I don't think that would happen, but say it did, then you can say, well okay, well you can you, you're your obvious ones come in when Manny is enough Manny needs a rest. But also if Salah needs a rest then we can we can move Manny right yeah. and blah blah blah. And, and and so I was and same for, for me, you know because so because so those other lads are so versatile and because there's different formations and stuff like that, then you know, 4-2-3-1s and things, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of ways you can say you can get to get this lad into the team. So I'm not I'm not too concerned about the kind of the four forward that I think we need really. But but left back does become a bit trickier. And even if you know the nice thing about this kid at Bristol City was he, he's gonna turn into a centre half, isn't he? So you could you could do a kind of a reverse joke, you know, go messel to him. But but even that, like it's you know, you still you're still thinking well well there's, there's a lot of centre halves to get past.
1: Uh, just to come back to you on the he's gonna become a centre half thing though, there is a there is a bit of an issue which is if you want to come and play full-back for Liverpool, realistically given how Liverpool tend to play. I think you're better off being the sort of fullback who can also do a bit higher up the pitch than being the sort of fullback who can do a bit of centre off. And the reason why is because we're so much on the front foot, we're so attacking. You know, for instance, I mean, I know it's an extreme example, but I saw Clavin play left-back at the Derby at dozen two years ago, and it was painful. Yeah. Because it's because it just suits him, not because he's a bad player, but because suddenly, all of a sudden, he's going, hang on, what, you want me 25 yards higher than normal, minute, as a starting position, and then go from there. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, almost no, easier to imagine moving a midfielder to left-back. It's easier to imagine moving Keita to left-back than buying a centre-half and putting him left-back.
2: Yeah, well, we've played midfielders a lot, full-back, haven't we? And, and I think it's almost moved a bit past Joe Gomez, to be honest with you. Like, I think... Joe Gomez was a bit of a problem that way at Barcelona because I understand why he picked him. I, d- I think if, if if you could say to Jürgen Klopp this is how much possession you're going to have in this game I don't, I, don't think, I don't think you'd have picked Gomez because I think you know it, it's and I don't think he's a bad footballer Gomez but you're almost talking to these lads as wingers now and he's not a winger. Yeah. And so I think you know it's it's you know, ideally, you'd want—I I th- think—you'd want someone who can play both sides. But then you are getting into the realm of Championship Manager, aren't you? And you're going for that lad, who, Dennis Irwin.
1: Want, you know, there was someone from Birmingham. I used to always get—I can't remember his name now. There was Alex Anderson who ended up at Everton who could play every position in Championship Manager. <laughs> <laughs> got him oh, well, he did a lot. Yeah,
2: uh, but, no, but uh, I can't remember. So, so text me uh, someone. <laughs> I just
3: I just text Stevie
2: uh,
4: Nickel. Like, yeah, I think the profile. He'd
2: be great.
4: I think yeah, Stevie Nickel would be great. I think the profile of Firpo. Albeit he's just a name at the moment, isn't that mad because he can in in, in theory play two positions. I did a YouTube the ass off him over the weekend. Of course because I'm such a pro. <laughs> and he he is very, very much uh the attacking um variation of modern fullback. And hence you could quite easily see why he's a left winger as much as he is a left back. Now, okay, YouTube alone gives you a stylistic indication. I the pr- the problem you've got is um, if you pick a kid, he's going to be too raw. So that if you actually do need him for that break glass moment when when Robbo's injured, you've got a real hole in your side potentially for four to six weeks. Not just for the okay, the League Cup, sure, that's okay, but Robbo's played say eight games on the bounce in March into April, and you and you just need in a big League game to put somebody else in at left back, a kid who hasn't been picked for twenty games and who is very much a kid is a difficult one to put in. The other thing is, is we say, let, let's bring a kid in and, deve- and let him be patient, play 10, 12 games. What's the plan from the season after? Because Andy Robbo's 23, 24 now, maybe. Andy Robbo is looking at is holding down that spot for, for eight years, really, if he, if he, if he continues on, on in the same vein. So no kid's getting any breakthrough here at Liverpool. And I don't think it's easy for an agent to sell to a player, never mind a, a club. Do you want to come to Liverpool? piss about getting eight to ten games a season for about three years and then we might find you a move to Bournemouth because that's all you're consigning the lad to so I don't see how you're getting a younger player in, the, in that way unless you and I think you've got to get somebody in who either backs themselves because they're because they're a bit of a hot prospect in Europe or they can very much play more than one position. Furpo, his press, go back to his profile and it's a very superficial analysis if he can play decently up the pitch he may solve two problems in one go. If he's got a 45 million release clause in Barca and Barcelona, Real Madrid want him, he may actually be quite decent. But I, so it doesn't seem the maddest right. link in the world. But I'm the sure, it idea, may not be true. But but it may seem but the just on this, link.
1: just on this though, the idea that he can play decently up the pitch. Yes. So he's Base. basically able to to sit in for who? Sadio Mane.
4: Have you seen how good Sadio Mane is? No, <laughs> no, no, no. Look, but he may be able to provide in four or five games. So some he, pace down the side. So, so hypothetically,
1: you play four four two and you'd whack him left mid. Yeah. And that, for the times you yeah, play, I mean, you know, too.
4: I'm not an expert on the lad, and I don't know. I don't no, know. No, 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 it's it fine, is. it's fine. Well, I take it. yes, those. Sort, I'm just. I suppose I'm not trying to find a way. It's true, but I actually don't find any other scenario which don't involve any names. By the way, yet plausible. That's my problem with it, Mel. You know, the young player scenario doesn't sit doesn't sit right for me. The expect uh, the cheap. Maybe the cheap old pro is the better one, you know, the the the, the variation on a Ricky Lambert left back equivalent who, who likes a saucy. Well, up that's why I,
1: I like a little bit of saucy Ryan Bertrand's. Yeah, that's not the maddest shout. I like a little bit of saucy Bertrand's. I was quite intrigued by a bit of Matt Target. Um, basically, I'll just buy Southampton left backs. i would buy the lad they have at right back, Valerie. I think he's absolutely brilliant. Uh, but you know, that's not the whoo there. Patrice really. I can't just I make, I know make people, things up.
0: You don't like to hear this because it's not exciting and it's not new. And it's not fun. And trust me, when you have to write about transfers, I want all those things too. What Jurgen Klopp will do is look at what he has internally and you'll think, OK, say we bring someone in. Mm. When Robertson doesn't play and, he, and it's a big game and he needs somebody to fill in at left back, you know what he's doing? He's picking, he's putting James, James, oh, no, he's picking James no. no, 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 no.
4: That is and, the and actual you, and, answer, and, you know, yeah.
0: and you know what he's doing after that? he's Joe putting Gomez. Joe Gomez I know, there, I know. and left back
4: but he is beginning to worry that he's not getting as much going th- the other going forward with those options as John pointed if, out with Joe if Gomez he,
0: if it's a big game and he's tactical I, I think we you know we spoke about that Barcelona game and we're saying if he had a chance again and if he knew would he pick Joe Gomez again he does he does pick Joe Gomez over Trent he the Security. he did it For tactical reasons, and there is often times when I've watched a game and I thought person X didn't have, weren't really that good, and he'll say he was the man of the match, and you're thinking to yourself, how? Because the tactical instruction I gave, and how he followed it, and what he restricted the opposition in in doing so, and you think to yourself, okay, you know, we often. It's from our view without knowing what they've been asked to do. But in big games, he will go through that process of, well, of is, trust and experience.
1: This is back to the fact that Mel, he is, that whilst he's remarkably innovative in a number of different ways, that whilst he will experiment with, with, with positions where players play, while he's, you know, whilst he, for instance, will, Liverpool's coaching will be the most best thought through coaching uh, in the preseason. Uh, you know in the world arguably that's why they end up with the success they end up with last season is the brilliance of what they do on the training ground the manager is still at heart arguably much more of a small C conservative manager selection to selection than for instance someone like Rafa Benitez who will decide halfway through a season as he does at Newcastle to rip up everything we've been doing go to three at the back play this player there play this player there use Matt Matt Ritchie as a wing back
0: yeah I think the caricature of Jurgen Klopp so often does him a disservice because highlights or emphasizes a lot of things that essentially aren't really him. So, you know, we all know that Jürgen Klopp loves the chaos that that football can cause through its unpredictability, the emotional pull. What he prizes above all is consistency and continuity. At the start of last season, he was asked, what's the most important thing? For, for this Liverpool t- uh, team. And he said those two facets. One, we have to be consistent, especially in the league. We've shown that on our day, we are unplayable. But when it's not our day, we need to find that consistency in the belief in ourselves to go through the pr- like, repeat our processes and. It might not mean you're winning games easily, but it means you're still winning games because you're still operating out of habit even when things aren't going well. And the continuity in that at Dortmund, he would always wonder, what would have what would it have been like if Goezer didn't leave uh, Kagawa, Sahen, Lewandowski, if that young team that he built just stayed together for at least, two more seasons, he was convinced they would have won at least one Champions League title and definitely more uh, Bundesliga titles. So at Liverpool, Dortmund can't really be protected from football's, you know, predators. They're just not that big enough to do it. Whereas Liverpool have put themselves in a position where they can be. And he's We've been speaking about this for a while, I think, you know, for over a year now we've been talking and it's no surprise that it's quiet for Liverpool because we've been saying that the the policy is now one of retention instead of reconstruction. Liverpool don't have to do what Real Madrid and Barcelona and United are, are forced to do in this window, which is spent loads because they need, you know, to fill so many positions. Liverpool have a core of a really, really good squad and they've, you know, they're committed their futures. And I I think there's also confidence that if a player leaves, as was the case with Coutinho, it's not like in the past where it all just pff, explodes. You can actually get better when you sell a key player, which is what we did. Allison, uh, Van Dijk, Fabinho, all coming off the back of that uh, sale.
1: We've got ourselves into a situation Ian, and by us, not any of the people in the room. Obviously, the wider football world, where um, you've got six or seven of Europe's biggest clubs looking to make significant changes through the summer. They've also picked up some other copper, copper America, and an African nations, and they're all moving at the same time. It seems as though we want to talk, you know, transfers with Liverpool. Liverpool are in a position where they're able to feel relatively stable uh, at the moment, and so I think that there's. There's every chance Liverpool are going to play the market a little bit more than they have in the past. In the past, they've been quite structured in their approach. We've known who it is they want. We've known when they want them. They've moved. At the moment, Liverpool, it seems as though they're quite happy to to wait this one out a tiny little bit and wait until, let's say, the Pogba and Neymar deals move uh, and then sort of see where the pieces are.
3: Yeah, I, I think we're basically, you know, as, as Mel was indicating there, Jürgen's built the team he wants. He's He's got the shape and he's got the squad they want. wants. Anything else now is reacting to the market, but we're still getting the same we're kind of getting the mixed message that um that we will only react to the markets if there's something spectacular that happens, if there's somebody that we can't possibly turn down. But we're also getting quotes from them saying that we do need spend to continue this. So it, it's a very I think it's a very weird summer for football in general because we have got these three, probably four giants when you put Juve into the mix who are in the position where they've decided that they do have to start on an entirely new project because the teams are ageing. The teams are, have not fulfilled what they want to do at this point. You could possibly say that about PSG as well, probably Bayern are in the mix on that one, where there are a lot of clubs who are going to be looking for major, major signings to actually transform uh, their team completely. I know a lot's been spoken about this on on the GUSA, and I know on the Friday show, um, where, Well. well within the talk about Mbappé 2020, which I'm fully on board for. Um, it's the only way to be. It's the only, it is the only way to be. My only worry with it is I want Mbappé 2019. I don't want to wait another year. I get a year old. Can't make my... that happen for you, Dean. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, are we all the, t- that, we all the T-shirts on this year, John? <laughs> Time's but money. I think within that, you're looking at um, things like the possibility of the Delict move where over the weekend, suddenly Juventus got linked with Delict for the first time in a very, very strong way. You're looking at major clubs who are gongs who absolutely throw money at the wall just to start the rebuild. And we know with you know the way it is with Juve, the rebuild is very much Cristiano Ronaldo um instigated. He wants these players that he wants to play with, and they appear willing to invest in that for a lad who's probably going to be there another two, or three years. So we're probably in the most comfortable position. Probably us and City and Fair City have got a little bit of rebuilding to do. Obviously, the Fernandinho position is going to be needed. The idea that they're probably going to go for Maguire to replace company. Um, the article, I think it was the same article the Paul Wilson article, talking about the fact that Stones clearly hasn't worked the way they thought it was going to. So 75 to 80 for Maguire seems to be an answer for them. Uh, talking about the fact of ourselves and City as a duopoly going forward now with everybody else falling so far behind. Um, we and they do appear to be in the most comfortable position where you look at it and going well, this season it is possibly, you know, maybe one lad who could go into front four and rotate back up. And as Mel said, the idea of Gomez playing the left back, we've seen it already. So the fact that we might do it again wouldn't be beyond the realms of question. So we're only looking at players who might make a massive difference immediately or might just be a good squad player, which is, in all honesty, a really good place to be.
0: I've actually, I've got a feature coming out um, later on espn just talking about this the position liverpool find themselves in where they are so stable and they are so comfortable which means they don't have to get sucked in what is going to be quite a volatile market because like you say all the big clubs need to move so selling clubs are completely aware of the strength they have at the moment but also players are aware (laughs) of their strength as well at the time because they'll have the elite competing for them and they can make up their minds on their futures quite late. You also have players actively pushing because they want to go. Paul Pogba has made it clear he wants a new challenge. Christian Eriksen's done the same. Neymar has been unhappy at PSG for over a year. Since he
2: got there, I think.
0: Yeah, and and finally (coughs) PSG have decided we have indulged this player for so long he's not even our major asset we've got the world's best player uh you know future best player for the next year yeah (laughs) until 2020 um but so there's so many big things that need to happen in this market and if you're relying if if you as a club have to have one of these things go in your favor it's a very very unhappy place to be this summer
3: and I think we've basically put ourselves over the last year, to 18 months, into a fairly unique situation for us because we've not been this settled, this comfortable, literally since 1988. This is this is the most settled we've been as a club in terms of what we need. It, it, we seem to well, we're not we seem to have. We spent the last 30 years looking for the final piece of the jigsaw, and you know I'm old enough to remember Paul Ince being the final piece of the jigsaw, it's and right. that would be working really well. And we're we're not looking for that any longer. I'm thinking if I'm to buy into a no transfer summer, and I'm being talked into it around
4: the table. Which here, is really awful like because it have like, got up yeah, something wicked. Uh, <laughs> yeah, tune in. Um, recording it later. But I sort of just came into my mind what a season which was very important to me as a young mm. Liverpool supporter, 1978 79 season was a devastating Liverpool team. It, it, was, it held the record points total for, till, I don't know, a few years ago, if you exchanged two points for three points for a win. The team of Dow and Soonis and Hanson, mm. and Bob Paisley. It was a team, and although transfers weren't big bigger deal back then, it was a team that was transformed from a season before where it had finished a poor second to Nottingham Forest by just the addition of a left-back, Alan Kennedy. But it wasn't his doing that transformed it. What was really the difference was that it was a team a year older and a year wiser. Yeah, th- that,
0: yeah. And
4: this is the key, which I think you're alluding to, Mel. Yeah. Because that team, i I think about it, Dalglish and Soonis had been new signings the year before and had had a good first seasons, but they had sensational second seasons. Alan Hansen had broke had, had a breakthrough year as a young defender, but was fantastic that year. Terry McDermott had become, become a fixture in the team, but was heading towards being player of a year within a year of that now, I think we, we are, as fans, we don't have and go. You know how good Trent is now, and Andy Robbo is now? They are going to get better, not just in three or four years' time, in this coming season. Van Dijk's going to get better. Salah should improve. Mane should improve. All of these boys across the park should improve. And that's without talking about the likes of Naby Keita, Fabinho, and the prospect that is Rian Brewster.
0: Yeah. the You, you know what I did earlier where I said, what they'll do is look at what they have. So... Whereas we're desperate, like, who could Liverpool sign at left back? They'll think, oh, we've got Mulner and we've got Gomez that can fold the positions. I think what they'll also do is, having not made a signing yet, they'll look and think, how does this team automatically get better next season? And there is the continuity, the fact that they've all played together, they've had those shared experiences in the league and in the Champions League. So, you know, that's a starting point. You also have Fabinho and Nabi are not needing the settling in period. That's done now. So they don't need those six months to adjust, which is, you know, what they had. You have Oxalay Chamberlain, who was restricted to four match day squads last season, working on the summer to get back in prime condition. You know, he's ready for a full season. Like I said, Adam Lalana, two injury head seasons, has taken a shorter. Break the summer so he can get back to peak condition because, you know, he's been told these versatility will be important during a pack schedule. So but you look, you go through and you look at the squad and you look at all the, the center back um, competition. Joe Gomez was sensational at the start of the season. And then Joel Mott have just decided he was the best center back in the world at the end of the season. So already, who partners Virgil van Dijk at the start of, of the next campaign? Dayan Lovren is now fourth choice. And, you know, he, he obviously wants to play regularly. He's valued at £25 million. No club is put in a concrete approach. And he might decide, actually, the club's coming in for me. It doesn't. I, I'm best served staying here and, and trying to work my way back to the hierarchy. So that leaves you again with four solid players, you know, trying to fill two spots before you even think that Fabinho can fill in there.
1: Hmm. It's, Rob, the one where you don't want, and the worry would always be uh, the that there's a little bit of complacency. Complacency is the wrong word, but at times maybe a little bit of overconfidence in the players who are there. And that Liverpool, we want them to be able to go again in all comps. I don't think they've been lucky. Everyone always says, I don't think we were fortunate with injuries. I think they've deliberately recruited players who they feel aren't going to get injured. Yeah. We've got to be quite clear about that. But you can still get a contact injury, you can still find yourself in a little bit of trouble, certainly the way in which Liverpool play. That's got to, that to me remains the, the priority. I'm more than happy to play Adam Lallana left-back in all seriousness. I think he'd be fine. Uh, and he's also be able to push up the pitch and play nicely inside. Where I begin to sort of have any worry is where the magic is, where the magic happens, and it is those front three positions.
4: Yeah, I mean, we were there was a bit of a mad frenzy of link to Usamanu Dembele last week, mainly by me, Um and I, I did sort of go, Jesus Christ, that would suddenly put all anxieties to bed here, you know. Even if even if he was wasn't the full tilt version of himself, it would just thicken out the squad in such a comprehensive way. And so I and I'm fully behind the idea that we definitely need a really really high quality fourth option for attack. What I don't know is just how good, and I don't think the world knows, maybe those inside the club do, just how good Liam Brewster is. The noises around him remind me of the noises around Michael Owen, where it wasn't really a discussion. Michael Owen was put in in the preseason. He came and he played half a game towards the end of the ninety-seven season. Scored at it, Wimbledon. Scored at Wimbledon. He was up and running. We knew nothing about him apart from he had this reputation. But we've had kids who've had reputations. But this was a big reputation. He started the preseason, and the and the talk was no, he will start as a first-team footballer. This is just not up for debate. I don't know if Bruce is at that level. If he is at that level, then that's that is that's entirely cool. why they don't want to spend £80 million on a fourth-choice attacker, because he is that fourth-choice attacker. But I don't know.
1: But on that, Rob, come back to you on that. There's reports today, right? and as ever, there are only reports, but that Origi may well want out, which would be perfectly reasonable. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he, Certainly, again, if he thinks Rian Bruce is really good, because <laughs> yeah. he's trained with him. So, sorry, um, the,
0: we're- where was that reported?
1: Uh, just seen it on the Echo Live blog, uh, so I can't, I can't, can't go any further but for you than that at the moment. He's
2: going to got a year left, hasn't he, Luigi? And. So there's
1: maybe talk that does
2: he just go to see, out, see that out and does everyone shake hands when we get to the summer of him yeah. that be 2020 I've some oh. some
4: track on Origi via a friend of mine who was with Origi's uh, agent recently Oh yeah he Says Origi's staying so it's defo true <laughs> <laughs>
0: that, that friend of yours texted me Did he? Of <laughs> yeah. course
4: he did Of course yeah. he did
0: But no Origi um, Liverpool won't sell Origi for the summer uh, it doesn't matter that he's only got a year left on his so deal. So they'll
4: just swallow
1: that, they, if they need to. And yeah,
0: there's fresh terms on the table. Cost-wise, they made six million. They bought him for ten million pounds, made six million pounds back from the Wolfsburg loan deal. He's helped him win the Champions League, which is priceless. So you know you can't put uh, a figure on that. So if they lost him on a free, it wouldn't. It would be like okay, Divock still young. I think we.
1: I'm, I'm all I'm, I'm all in on divok for yeah. another season trust me i would lie but i would i wouldn't let him go under any circumstances myself
0: and and the feeling at the moment is that he will sign the the fresh terms that have been offered um and if he doesn't sign it's not because you know he's thinking oh as a free agent i can get a massive signing on bonus or or anything like that it's just he's quite a he's an academic divok um it's all about experiences, both the experience of playing regularly, but the experience of, you know, a new place. Yeah. Um, the whole the whole learning process that comes with that. But so those forward positions, you've got your front three. Mm. You've got Divock Origi, You've got Rian Brewster. We all expect more from Shakiri next season. He said he's not going anywhere. He wants to get better.
4: Is the You know the the hype I've sort of surmised about. Brewster. is that a reasonable summation is that that kind of feeling the so cup, as far as you're having
0: aware? spoken to people not just at Liverpool but England mm. and Gareth Southgate is a massive Ryan Brewster fan during the during the time he was out injured you know would speak to him regularly getting updates to check how far he was coming along and, and said to him you know as soon as you are in a, a sphere where you're you're fit and, and you're playing you will be in contention for for the seniors, um, but speaking to people at, at lower level in in England, they said him and Sancho were just you could you could just tell they were mm. really really special. Not only in terms of ability, but attitude, mm. the right attitude, the willingness to to stay extra if it meant uh, to take on board all the criticisms, or you know if you if you were getting told your your free kick technique has to be worked on, it wasn't like, well, just scored four free kicks, why does it need to be, it was like, you know, taking everything on board, so those two have always been spoken about in the same breath, obviously, sancho has been very, very fortunate that he hasn't had, you know, to go through what Rian has, but I think that actually makes him stronger, the, one of the things that stands out to me about this, young kid, is that you've got Oxalade Chamberlain, who's, you know, a seasoned pro, been at Arsenal for ages, and both of them are injured at the same time. And Oxalade Chamberlain says that Brewster is the, the thing that kept him going. He was the one lifting Oxalade Chamberlain's spirits To be able to have that sort of you know, mentality and strength, like mental strength, um, as a kid, I think will serve him well, along with these, obviously, football abilities, yeah.
4: What I suppose we, we we don't know is, I mean, the big, big fear for me with Brewster was, I knew, like you, I'd, I'd, I'd sort of been, and John, you, you and I were following the, through the Central League. Yeah. Following his progress. I mean, I suppose we had a flavour of how just how good he was. But then that's such a hiatus, that injury. Have you had, what's your feeling, Mel, about what's happened in since he's been back in training? What, I mean, we haven't seen any first team action. What have they seen? Have they seen the con- con- continuity they hoped for?
0: Yeah, so... In terms of both him and Chamberlain, they were really surprised by how quickly the sharpness was there. Obviously, you know, being sharp enough for training and, and everything coming off in training is different to how it would be affected in by match sharpness or, or actually playing a game, but everything they've seen so far has given them confidence.
2: My only thing with Brewster is is that his talents is that they've put so much work into making him a number nine. I I don't think they'll be looking to play him anywhere else, at least in the short term. So this idea that he, he can come in and, and cover any of the front three, I'm not sure. I think they've, they've, they've put so much work on into him in terms of his position in terms of making sure he's between the sticks. I, I don't think they'd then go... Oh, but we're gonna gonna do a bit left forward with you now. Just just the sort. He of, has you, done. He has know, done wide work. I know he has. Yeah, yeah. But I think I I think you know I I don't know. That's just my my kind of instinct is that is that you know there's there's, there's only sort of one position for him, and, and that's not that's not necessarily a bad thing. I just mean in terms of if we're looking at the squad and we're looking at what Liverpool need. I think in the
1: short term, at least, they'll well, be
2: looking at Vienna as a number
1: nine. Just on, just in general, on that, come back to you on it, John, straight away. One of the things I always do, you know, when you work through a summer and you think about what they need for a summer, and I mentioned it before, with the idea of the left back is they are really, un- if they want to do four two three one, if they want to do four four one one, if they want to do almost anything which isn't the four three three, and you also want to rest Manny, you're really, really struggling for options at left mid. Your Kaita plays there. I mentioned it last week away at Bournemouth, for instance. But we all know it's not his position. We all know he wants to be in the middle of the park, and that's. You know, when, when talking about what it is that they might need, I really do think that they do need another front three player. I would really like would like to see them do it. But the other thing that just is not there, without if you wanted to use a change of shape to rest a couple of players, is someone who can play left mid, left wing, etc., etc.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair enough. And I think you know if they are looking to bring someone in, it would be have need to be someone who can do that because I mean Manny does so much for the team as well. So it's not like I'll oh, put a forward there who can do a bit on the who can attack from there. It's yeah. got to be who can carry the ball like Manny does. Who can track like Manny does who can hold it up and win his battle yeah exactly and Manny's just so strong isn't he on the ball and, and just takes you up the pitch so well and, and shields the ball so well it's it's someone who can kind of do all that and then went into the situation which is sort of how we started this where it's like well it's dead hard isn't it <laughs> yes. uh, sorry, Malcolm. Uh,
0: I think what I've taken from everything because I've obviously been looking at all the conversations whether it be on Twitter or in the Anfield Rap subscribers group on Facebook or whatever and it's really good to be in a position where you're no longer having to convince the best players in the world that they should come to Liverpool. Mm. That sell is now a lot easier because of all the work Liverpool have done. But it's Liverpool's issue now is trying to convince just that bracket just below that you best serve coming here because, you know, you can develop with us. That's so tricky. Because you can go and start at other clubs that are, you know, you you won't start at Liverpool. You can go and start at Manchester United in the position, as we were discussing earlier. Um, So, you know, Liverpool making that Sadio Mane signing a couple of seasons ago where everybody was like, oh, why on earth are you wasting that money on Sadio? It's not worth that much. How could he possibly be that good? making that kind of signing now is hard hard for Liverpool because if you want to sign the next Sadio Mane he's competing with the actual Sadio Mane yeah. and does he does he want to come and sit there and watch Sadio do his thing and, well how does City do with
4: Maris? Is, is it just is it just money or
0: it, it's it's a very difficult thing to compare we used to do it when we compared Liverpool and Manchester United and it's it's just completely different qualifiers at City we talk about City being able to stockpile this attacking talent. Leroy Sane wants to go because he's not playing often enough. Leroy Sane is one of the best players in the world in his position.
4: You listen to Guardiola on that. He seems to accept it's a bit of an occupational hazard. It's almost like he goes, OK, I'll buy the next Leroy Sane. And he either breaks through, improves it, and ousts uh, Bernardo Silva or Sterling, or he doesn't. Yeah. Uh, but we win.
0: City are, <laughs> City are in a position to do that. City can make as many expensive transfer mistakes as they want, or they can pay as much money. As And then sell off the next season as they want. Liverpool don't operate like that. Liverpool, that squad harmony, is a massive, massive factor to everything Liverpool do.
1: That's this. Ian is the 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 next again. The next part of this is that I don't think Liverpool, and I think Liverpool, the way Liverpool have operated, and the way the manager himself seems to want to operate. And I've said it before on this show when arguing about and talking about the wind. If you want Jurgen Klopp to be Liverpool manager, he'll be Liverpool manager on his own terms, and he doesn't to me seem like the sort of manager who will. Say one thing to a player with something else in mind. That he's very, he seems very. Every all the reports to come through from every player who talks about him, he's very honest. He's very direct. He doesn't bullshit. He tells you the way in which it is, and he expects you to be able to get on with that. And I think that this is an issue where Liverpool, you know, you can see this as an issue that the manager will not want to say one thing only to then at a later point be thinking, well, I might just ship you out next summer anyway, but you might be useful to to have, to have had sat around on the bench, and you never know, you're looking at a raffle. He'd rather commit to his players because he commits to them every year, and he expects them to commit to him.
3: Yeah, and he's been very clear. I mean, is a very good case, this, isn't he? He's been told up front early on, you have a, you have a part to play next season. Um, Origi's been told he will have a part to play. So, you know, when you hear things like this from Klopp, you will 100% believe him. And if we're 100% believing him, obviously, the lads who are with him all day, every day know that he stands by what he says. He's always backed his players. He's always trusted them on the field. And I think it's, um, as Mel was saying, we've, we've gone through that couple of seasons where, We've highlighted the players that we've wanted that he's known could do a job for him because he wanted Mane when he was at Dortmund, didn't he? Uh, he said one of his big mistakes is not taking Mane at the time because he came across the lads who was a little bit shy and he didn't think he'd necessarily integrate with the dressing room as was at the time. Um, so he's taken the lads that he's known between him and the transfer committee, they've known that their coaching could take them up to another level. We saw it with um, we saw it with Mel as soon as he came in that we took him to another level. We've seen it with, with Mane. Mane's Marnie's level over the last year and specifically over the last seven, eight months, I think towards, you know, towards Christmas and beyond, he just basically went up an entire another level in his game. Um, so I think he's at that position now where he knows the lads he trusts, he knows who he can back and he's in the public. He's backing them publicly all along. So the fact that so much of the success of the club at the moment seems to be based on the dressing room that he's created and the, um the atmosphere and camaraderie between the players, what you see once again, you see with Re Brewster in the celebrations after the European Cup. Um you see that he's got a squad of twenty players there who are all happy to be together and you know, you've got like likes of Bruce and Keller who are celebrating as though they're first team players. To have them do that, they're obviously involved on a day to day basis. So the manager's involving these I mean you say that I celebrated like I was a first team player as <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah. he's <laughs> um
1: John, just to almost round this off, just a tiny little bit, because I think a lot of this is is in part attitudinal. I think you know the idea that Liverpool don't want um, a big money left back sat around. We can say that there's a financial argument for that, and that could also be true. But you do also think that there's that it is. It, the way in which the the group operates and the way in which the idea of getting the best out of the players is really, really important, I think, to the to, to, to the manager, but also to get the best out of them for them. That's part of that's the dance that's got us here, to be quite honest with you. And that is that is worth remembering, however frustrating it is at the moment where you're thinking, just buy junior furpo. <laughs> it's not my money.
2: Also, also I'd say that there's a lot of things that could and should kick us on next year. One of which is new players, but also, you know, the, the the fact that, you know, we've all talked about players developing. I just think, and maybe it's not been talked about enough generally, just the fact that the European champions is a huge thing. You know, this was a team that hadn't won anything and now they have, and they haven't just won something. They've won the biggest one of the You know, no matter how much we want the Premier League, you know, how much that means to, to Liverpool Football Club, the, the fact is that the European cup is, is literally a bigger trophy <laughs> and so um and so you know there's that there's just how much that's gonna do for you know so many of these players you know in terms of you know they're all at really good ages and they're all likely to develop and, and i think there's quite a few of them who, who can kick on and I've, I've finally got around to listen to the review of the review and, and and sean well just made a really good point about like you know if you look you know look at our season collectively it's, a, it's brilliant. But if you look at it individually, like, there's actually quite a few players who you could reasonably expect more from. Do you know what I mean? Mo Salah's had a better season for Liverpool than he had last season. I'd argue maybe Firmino has in the past as well. Um, you know, there's only so many players who, who, who had their best season, even for Liverpool last season, never mind what they could kind of potentially do. And so I think just that the idea of, of now having this, not it's not even getting a monkey off your back because that makes it sound like a negative. I mean more the positive of walking, talking, like acting like European champions, and not just a team who's who's won this trophy kind of out the blue is a team who got to the final got beat unfortunately and then went on to win it next year. I just think it's massive for this group. Got ninety seven points. You got ninety seven points and, and, and looks to go again. And I just think if we don't do anything, which I'm sure we will, but even if we don't, there's lots of reasons to to expect us to kick on again this season. But I think possibly the most significant one is that now they know the
1: winners. They know the winners, Rob. But there's, they also, again, part of this process is they all felt part of it. As Ian said before, you've got Kelleher and Brewster having the time of their lives um, and enjoying it, but also feeling as though they were part of the group. And I think that that... That's what is different to, for instance, I'm not going to talk about City. Let's talk about sort of Chelsea teams around 2005 where you've got lads like Stephen Sid- Sidwell bouncing about and Scott Parker who, do, who are made to feel yeah. by circumstances <clears throat> like bit part players. That that doesn't appear to, to, to be the case here with this Liverpool side, that they do all feel part of it. And so again, you've got to take the rough with the smooth on that, which is maybe they won't be frivolous or maybe they won't be impulsive around bringing somebody in, but instead will plan knowing that everyone will feel part of the party.
4: Yeah, that was so noticeable, wasn't it, in Madrid? Um, you know, the, uh, you had to take a, st- a step back and to, to sort of marvel at how pleased the likes of Sturridge were, Shakiri Brewster. And then you stopped and went, no, could- so they should be. Sturridge had started against Newcastle, hadn't he, a couple of weeks before?
2: Well, he scores against PSG at home. Well, he, well, he scores against PSG, yeah,
4: anyway. but even till late in, although he, you know, he has a big... Big patch of the season where he's not really getting a look, and he came back into Shakiri is 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 in it for a major bit before Christmas. He's out, but there there here he is delivering the key ball onto Regi's head. Regi obviously has the most incredible renaissance. Um, but as I said, and a, and a kid like Brewster feeling very much part. Of, well, Alex Oxley Chamberlain, for God's sake, you know, he's hardly kicked a ball in anger all season. But he's celebrating, there's no, there's no sort of, if you sort of sometimes look, I look at these team groups, <clears throat> which one's got a slight far away look in his eye, like I'm here, but I'm not quite. Because it's not, you would have, I mean, Alex R. Oxlade-Chamberlain did not look like a player who felt any less entitled or a part of that triumph <coughs> than than anyone else you can name, than Jordan, uh, uh, James Milner, say. He felt it was his triumph as much as it was Van Dyke's or Milner's or anybody else's. Because he's been part of, what when we've talked about this before, Neil? The Madrid isn't just a one-year campaign; it was exactly. actually a two-year campaign yeah. um, that was blipped in uh, in Kiev, uh, and I think that's why you see that attitude from some squad players like Chamberlain. Where, no, no, no. I got us halfway there. The, the boys mm-hmm. completed the journey, but it's st- it's still a big th- part of my life.
1: Um, last week, I had Ian and Rob here. Uh, I asked the question that I'm going to ask everybody, but as I've already asked them, I won't ask them it again. Which is what's reasonable to expect from Liverpool going into this next campaign, John. You've just been very, very bullish about them, their outlooks, their Possibilities, but this is off the back of a season where they've gone and got themselves 97 points and they did win the Champions League. Uh, it, sports sometimes doesn't work like that. What if Rigi? what if the referees, is a Premier League referee and disallows Origi's goal against Barcelona and they go up to the other end and get one? It would have been disallowed in the Premier League. Adam Melia has convinced me of this. Someone would just, the, the referee would have gone, nah, that's... it that.
0: also convinced me of this.
1: Yeah, he's, he's very much got, you know, the, the, the referee would just have gone, no, that, that must just be cheating. Yeah, uh, <laughs> found on found some it. grounds
4: other than so, just bloody um, mindedness.
1: Boldness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know that something would have happened but anyway you know that sometimes things can just sort of go against you let's be fair about that but what is what a reasonable set of expectations for Liverpool supporters on mass almost to have for this squad this season
2: I think Liverpool now needs to aim to win a trophy every season and I think what that trophy is I think will almost doesn't matter because I think it'll change but I think with this Level of talent and and the squad what they've got the investment that's gone into it and, and just at the, the place that they've ended up I think Liverpool wants to be winning a trophy every season and I think they should be disappointed if they don't. This year is a bit of a funny one obviously because we're competing we'll be for about seven um, and so uh, just the case of you know I, you know you know there's 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 obviously early, early opportunities to win win that super cup and then also there's this trip um, in December which is gonna might mess us up a little bit in terms of the league where, you know, you're going to miss a game and blah, 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 but also, you know, the way it goes. But but, but I'd count that one personally. I think if you can say you're world champions, then then what a brilliant thing to say. And Liverpool have never won it. And that's a real shame. And so I think, you know, I think we want to be in contention for the title come beginning of May. I think, you know, how, how realistic that looks, but then, you know, we'll have to kind of wait and see really. But I think... I think if we don't win something, we should be disappointed. And I think if we're, t- we're in March and we're saying that we haven't got a chance to win in the league, I think we should be disappointed because that will feel like underachievement to me.
1: Okay. So I'm saying a title challenge and a trophy, I think. A title challenge and a trophy, just out of interest on Europe. Do you think, when you say a title challenge and a trophy, do you think that the... Are you looking for a genuine push into deep into European territory again? Or if you know if they, if they went out in the last 16 because they got, they got someone good... Yeah, I think be... that
2: can happen. And I think, you know, if, if you say to me now... Uh, we come second, but we have a real good go again, and then City get 114 points or something mad. Um, we go out of Europe early. Uh, we, we we have a it's a it's a tough group. We end up coming second, and then we get beat by I don't know Barcelona or or, or PSG or whatever or, or whoever it is. I still think PSG are the best team we played last season. By the way, I had a big think about it while I was alone, alone yesterday. Um,
1: best performance at Anfield do you think was the best performance at Anfield? I um, oh, don't know. I'll have to get out with Tottenham, the lawn. Tottenham. To Tottenham.
4: Tottenham.
1: <laughs> Tottenham. I did to think about it, but I wasn't mowing a lawn at the time. I think it was the best side I saw at Anfield come and yeah, play that yeah. season. Tottenham in the second half. The
4: I think game. maybe Chelsea for 20 minutes after they were 2-0 down.
1: <laughs> but, that's, but that, that just, everyone went yeah, everyone yeah. just went mad though. Everyone just went mad. I mean, yeah. you know, you may yeah. as well just... I mean, fucking hell. Yeah. Uh, it still remains the maddest. The, until we managed to top it with the last game of the season, mm. the 20 minutes after... The 10 minutes after Chelsea... Man we City were
4: decent. Uh, they did nearly
1: beat us at Anfield. Ugh, it was weird
4: that
2: it was game. A crap that game yeah, wasn't yeah, really happened, weird. It was, was, was boxes and early rounds, wasn't it? Uh, so yeah, no, I'd be yeah, I'd be fine. Yeah, I mean, it happened two thousand and five, didn't it? We won't win it, and then we go out to Porto, and you know, it's it's hard. You know, we've we've got to two finals, and and you know, it feels you know, we're, we're basically, Jurgen Klopp hasn't lost, lost the knockouts, and it's gonna happen at some point.
4: Do, do you know what I found myself doing now? This is an indicator, maybe of expectation. I started paying attention to who the very biggest clubs in Europe might buy this season. Mm. Not just out of salacious interest <laughs> knock, or knock-on effects across yeah. the transfer market, which is usually yeah. my, th- because I actually, because, and I used to think this way in, in the 80s because, it's our business winning the European Cup and I don't want to see Barcelona stronger. Normally I didn't give a shite really what Barcelona did from, yeah, from season to it. season. As long as they didn't take our players, I'm not mm. that arsed. In fact, the stronger they were, the more likely they were to beat Man United in the later rounds. I'm now thinking I don't want them, I don't want Frankie de Jong to work out for them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's a sign of... No, definitely. But I think, I think you
2: now. know, no one will want to draw Liverpool and I wouldn't be surprised if we are in another final. But if it doesn't happen and okay. we're in an FA Cup final instead, then, then isn't that nice?
1: Um, By the way... uh. <laughs> (laughs) Everyone's sleeping on Van der Beek. Um, Melissa, what do you think is a reasonable set of expectations?
0: I think definite trophy, like John said. Once you get one, that has to be the habit. I think the players will have the appetite. To um, add to that, I think Liverpool will go far in Europe again just by virtue of... Being boss. Yeah, they're so complete and they're so difficult to play. And Jurgen Klopp's record is we sit here and we think it's ridiculous but it's by design it's it's not an accident um a lot of work goes into that there will definitely be again city's closest uh competitors for for the title what I think is there shouldn't be any sort of anxiety or or apprehension in terms of the league so if Liverpool maybe lose one of the first three or four games it's not you know, they shouldn't, oh my goodness, we've already, we lost one game in the league all of last season and we've already lost one now. I think there should be calmness and composure because City lost more games than Liverpool and still ended up winning the league. It's all about winning. So I think just, I, I want them to, to deal with those, if that happens, to deal with it better. But they showed last season that psychologically they are so much stronger and, um, And I think what they would have taken from last season as well, and and that league campaign, was that believing in yourselves and being braver. Maybe they, you know, you can't knock ninety seven points, but they probably will have a look at it and think we may have been fearful of of losing, of of dropping points, instead of thinking let's just go out and win win this game. Uh, but yeah, I definitely expect a trophy. I expect them to go very far in Europe and I expect them to, to challenge for the title.
1: just want to pull back on one little thing there, I'd almost like be more open to the possibility of getting beat. Because it strikes me that that came from the manager, as much as the players. You know, The, mm. the manager himself, I think, was making decisions... And I under, and this is it's not a criticism making decisions arguably Arsenal away West Ham away I probably ventured a little bit uh, I think Liverpool could possibly be a bit a bit United, more bullish United earlier and Everton, Everton yeah. um, uh, United and Everton and Leicester home I think was a difficult set of circumstances Liverpool were plagued by illness a mm-hmm. couple of injuries they were coming off the break and I, I I'm lo- and also the weather was mental and it's important to say that the weather was absolutely insane and I don't think that helped and also Leicester are really good and that gets sort of always lost in the wash as well Mel yeah. but there is something isn't there where that came from that wasn't just the players on the pitch no, that no, was also yeah. the manager yes
0: exactly um, and it's again you know the uh, part of development is, is learning and I think they will have all taken a lot from that especially seeing the way City ended the season where they just went into every game convinced they were going to win it um, and I think Liverpool did that as well but in that period they were apprehensive because they had it seemed like everything to lose. It's very easy to sit here and, and say, ah, oh, be braver, don't don't worry about getting beat. But in that, you know, when you're in that circumstance, it's safety first seems yeah, yeah. like uh, the right thing to do. But I, I think they will definitely benefit from it next season.
2: Okay. It's, it's a funny one to look at those games as well. And I agree with the broad point, but I remember Everton, or every substitute we put on, Played worst on the last one. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I mean, that's the worst I've ever seen James Milner play. Like, it was just like he looked like he'd never played footy before. It was amazing. To so be if Jurgen yeah, Klopp, you go well, I'm yeah, putting lads on and they're doing that. I don't know, unless I will just hook them straight away, James, which, Mil- which I might do.
1: <laughs> James Milner's first twenty in the Derby was just terrific. <laughs> I mean, I, I was we were pulling the book thing together, and I was just reading some of it, and then my piece had gone. It's no laugh and matter. And then two paragraphs later, I went, "It is a laugh and matter." You know, how bad James Milner was. Like James yeah. himself, I'd like to think now he's European champion. If he yeah. came in here, we could say, "Can we? Can we? Can we watch the video of you in the Derby, James?" Yeah. So, you can, so You can make all the subs you want.
4: <laughs> I, I think that there was that point in the season, that February period of the draws into March, where he it's thought. These might become to be seen as good points. Oh, yeah, a good yeah. point. Yeah, they were bullish after all, Trafford. <laughs> yeah, and I and I think he was right because he didn't. He, he was. was entitled to expect City to drop yeah. its points somewhere. And I think what changes is by the time it comes to Tottenham at Anfield, where it's coming to the closing stages, he just goes, "It will not be a good point. It no. will be. We have to have three because yeah. these these wankers are going to win every single <laughs> fucking game." Uh, yeah, by that so, point, he changed his mind. The other thing and, that
1: changes is that so they get knocked out. Of the Champions League. City. City. That's the other thing that changed. Well, of course. And you can't control that.
0: Yeah. Um, I think even if they didn't get knocked out of the Champions League, the the league run for them would have remained as it is just because of the mentality that they had. The way they played at the end of the season was... And and even when they were just getting over in game... Towards the very end, they were only just getting over the line. You you, you watch that Tottenham game in the league and you thought, how on earth... Have Tottenham not got anything from this game? Leicester, the chance oh, that falls to Iniesta. Yeah, there was so many. Even um <laughs> I'm,
1: st- I'm, st- Burnley, I'm angry f- I watched the Leicester game still. <laughs> the
0: first half against Burnley. Burnley was so good in that half. I was like, whoa. They, you know?
3: they basically win the league on a goal The company would never score in any other game.
0: So I think that also, actually, the way City end the season, is, Liverpool can take some heart from that as well because... They weren't just faultless and flawless. They were having to battle for that. And I I think it shows Liverpool as well that City at the end were feeling the heat, the pressure was on them as well, even as, as celebrated and as pedigreed and as experienced as they are.
1: I still maintain that the, the credit that City haven't got for the season is the amount of courage that they show mm. and the, how bullish they are and how hard they work and how much they graft. Uh, yeah. that you can talk about how the squad's been assembled, et cetera, et cetera, and you can talk about its brilliance, but Raheem Sterling and Bernardo Silva absolutely drag them yeah. mm. through the last five or six games. and They haven't had the credit they deserve for that, uh, but it's also uh, it, it's the sort of credit that feels as though it's with faint praise, whereas actually I think it's the ultimate quality in football is... Co- Togetherness and battling through at difficult times, uh, but uh, it's for whatever reason it's being glossed over. Uh, it's been excellent stuff. Thank you very much uh, to Melissa Reddy, uh, to Ian Salmon, to John Gibbons, and to Rob Gutman. It has been the Anfield Wrap in association with Redspet. Uh Do take it easy. Do enjoy the whole of your week. Uh, we will be back with more and more shows if you subscribe, and if not, with the Weekender on Friday morning. Don't go anywhere. Thanks for listening to the Anfield Wrap. Uh, we are moving our price point. Uh, you currently don't subscribe, but we'd like to think about it into the, the season to come. Uh, the video stuff, all the free video stuff we did for the whole of last season is going behind the paywall. Uh, so if you've been watching that and you want to consider that, that'll be available at £7 for all video, uh, plus the free audio, uh, or £7 for all audio, or £10 for both. Uh, it's an exciting season and it's an exciting prospect. It's exciting for the Anfield Wrap as well. We're constantly looking to innovate and find new ways to do fantastic content for all of our listeners. That includes the free listeners, but also those who are behind the paywall, obviously. That's where we want to try and do some really, really good work and get things ticking over for you. If you've been thinking about subscribing, now's a great time. Also, do feel free to download our app and see things through there as well. It is the Anfield Wrap. I am Neil Atkinson. Thank you so much for listening. As a free listener, uh, it is always appreciated. Thank you very much for taking the time indeed. Uh, We are moving forward with the Anfield wrap into 2019 2020. Let's hope that Liverpool are doing exactly the same. I've got no shadow of a doubt that they are.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.